Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast where we share our opinions on games and movies for your entertainment. My name's Barry. My name's Craig. And how are you doing today, Craig? Uh, not bad. We're back after a little break. Yeah, we, we needed it. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit <laughs> the reason we took off was my fault. The only thing I had ever done or watched was play Persona 5 Royal. So if any, anybody well, has a problem, it's my fault. Absolutely. It's, it's not totally all your fault because you spent the whole week playing Persona and I spent the whole week playing Final Fantasy. So it would have been a pretty boring podcast anyway. Yeah, and I've already talked. We we both talked enough about each of those individual games. <laughs> yeah, we'll release an individual episode for our thoughts on Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, a, f- a four hour spoiler podcast. You really think we could go for four hours? <laughs> I mean, I probably could. Okay, like I said, I'm t- I'm t- I'm ten hours in. Okay, so we're You're getting there. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there. I, I plan on being by the twenty hour mark by the time this weekend ends here. They're putting in some work. I have to. It's fun. <laughs> the game's fun. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, true. But uh, we'll start with the usual here. We're going to start off with the news. Mm-hmm. I guess the biggest news that I've been looking at this week is the Xbox Series X logo has been revealed. Yep. Phil. Is it Phil Spencer is his name? Yeah, games, Phil Spencer. Yeah, games are going to be released or like announced what they're going to be soon. And they plan there are rumors that the other console, uh, the cheaper version of the series X project Lockhart is going to be discussed maybe all in May. Yeah, that's, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing if the lesser console, the, the least expensive one, how much better it is than like an Xbox one X right now. Yeah, it has to it has to be able, of course, to play all the next gen. So it has to be better in somewhat. I do know that the rumors are that this is a discless yeah. uh, console, which um, I, I get people who want to go into the whole digital realm, but for, for me, I like my games hard copy. Me too. Yep. And it and it ends up saving room on the console. I can't imagine something like the Final Fantasy VII remake, you know, and you only have one terabyte. You've already taken up one tenth of your entire hard drive with just one game. Yeah. And that logo, now that I was looking at it again, kind of reminds me of like an old school uh, AMD processor logo from like the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I'm yeah. Remembering both those logos. And yeah, I never I never <laughs> added that up. That is a nice observation. Yeah. So I don't know if it's something they're going to slap on the side of the console or if they're going to keep it completely black. Um, but it, I mean, it's a logo. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah, and one of the things that I've been thinking about, too, is I see all the advertising for this console with it standing up. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. interested to see how tall this system is, because I'm looking at my setup, where it's going to go, and and I keep thinking to myself, is this Xbox Series X going to be this tall behemoth that I won't be able to lay down flat? We obviously will be able to lay it down Mm -hmm. flat, but I'm I'm interested to see how what the what the specs on all of it are because if i if you if for whatever reason you have to lay it up like it's something with the fan and that the fan ventilates better when it's standing the system standing up i'm interested to see if even if it fits in a lot of people's entertainment systems yeah i have my my xbox right now is sitting behind my tv so it's kind of 
like I have it on my TV and my Xbox on a desk. So I have the room, but I did have my PlayStation when I first started playing Final Fantasy. It was like in a shelf, but it was the fan was going so crazy because it was getting so hot in there that I moved it out. So for me, it won't be an issue, but I know a lot of people like to keep their consoles in uh, entertainment center and kind of hidden away. So it may change that maybe something that sits on top of, you know, maybe next to your TV now or something. Yeah, because we've we've already heard and mentioned about how Sony has went into like their PS5 is going to be all about the cooling. The reason this system is going to cost as much as it is is because they're going all out on the cooling mechanism for it. So keeping these things quiet and in a at a reasonable temperature is going to be the biggest challenge for them, considering that Sony and Xbox can do all they can with it. But then it's going to be up to the consumer to figure out, well, it's in an entertainment system with a blocked back and I close the doors. So yep. what happens to the system when, when it's, once it starts to overheat? It catches fire. And I'm sure somebody will do a super in-depth measuring decibels on which one is louder than the other and all that kind of stuff. But as long as it's not obnoxious, I'll be fine. Yeah, I have to admit, like right now, I know everybody says the PlayStation is the loudest of them all, and I've got no mm-hmm. doubt I've heard PlayStations go before, but the current PlayStation I have and the Xbox One X that I have, I don't hear either of them. So. Yeah, and I usually have a headset on, so it may be louder than I think, but yeah, I never hear the fans really at all. Mm-hmm. And what what do you got on your plate? What's the next story for I got the quick one for the news. No WWE game this year, which for me is kind of a bummer, but I understand it. The one this year was not the greatest. Um, So if, you know, them taking a year off is them taking the time to make it right for next gen, then I'm all about it. But it also kind of seems like they looked at it as, ah, this one didn't do very well. We didn't make a lot of money. So why waste the money? But you know, if, if it ends up getting us a better product in two years or even three years, then I can just continue playing the one I have, I guess. Yeah, it'll definitely be worth the wait. I get, the main concern definitely is if they decide, oh, we have to cancel it altogether, which I think these games make enough money to where they don't have yeah, to they cancel make a ton. it much, much like a lot of sports games mm-hmm. uh, do. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not, I guess, the same developers are on it, because I think that's the main reason they, they're they delaying it is because of all this developer trouble. Yeah, the old developer was Ukes, um, who had made it for I don't even know how many years. And then this year was the first year that they switched to, uh, I think, visual concepts, the same people who do NBA 2K. And that's the, this is the year they had a whole bunch of problems. So I think they just need more time to figure it out. I think the biggest issue, though, is I know a lot of the professional wrestlers this is a a bigger source of income for them every year besides like their salary because if you go in and look at salaries for these guys a lot of them don't make that much i mean they make more than we do obviously but if you're not like a top name person then you kind of rely on this every year as an extra check and they're not going to get it this year which is kind of a bummer for them yeah, the, hopefully they fix it. I, I do remember, I, I haven't played any of like the recent games, but those mm-hmm. games were a lot of fun in the past. Yeah. Career yeah. mode definitely isn't what it used to be, at least for Yeah, me. and the career mode this year was really, really bad. Yeah, I, I can't. Don't, I didn't even finish it, but. Yeah, when you can't <laughs> romance Kelly Kelly, it's kind of it's kind of all downhill from there. That's all that matters. <laughs> or, you know, have have a whole entire storyline where you're romancing one of the, well, your dream diva. Man, that was. <laughs> That was the life. I definitely played that over and over again. I'm sensing a uh, theme of games that you like that involve picking 
your right wife? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I've never added that up myself, but there are plenty of games. You know, I don't get to pick my wife in Call of Duty. That's true. Or, or pick a wife in Final Fantasy. I, I think it's just recently. Okay. <laughs> I was just saying, I saw some, saw some, a big pattern there. That's all. Okay, yeah, no, I've definitely been mentioning that. I've definitely been mentioning that a lot. So you, you do yep. have me there. I'm going to have to look at myself in the mirror <laughs> later and try to figure out what's going on with me with that. Uh, what else you got? So the next thing I have here is going from Xbox to PlayStation. Uh, okay. PS5 announced last, or Sony announced last week that the PS5 looks like it's going to be available in limited quantities when it is released. Mm-hmm. Many people are speculating that the price is going to be between 500 to 550 both yep. of which I guess I'm okay with. I The PlayStation is the one I'm getting for sure, only because PlayStation is was is the first console for me. So mm-hmm. I do I do have that going. But uh five if it's 550, it's definitely stretching the uh stretching the bill a little bit more than I'd like. Yeah, I think I mean 500 has been kind of the sweet spot this past generation and when you get 550 and then you're getting close to 600 you're getting close to that PS3 disaster where they priced it too high and it just makes me a little nervous. I I think whatever it seems like whatever Sony decides that they're going to drop the price to, I think Microsoft is kind of trying to undercut undercut it. But I, I mean even 550 I guess is probably fair. I'd probably pay that. Yeah, and with, of course, hopefully when all these new games start to be released, the the main system seller is going to be its exclusives. So I'm hoping that, you know, the 550 price tag is warranted because I'm going to be able to play whatever PS5 version of The Last of Us 2 is out or whatever Mm -hmm. PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima or whatever version of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out. So Yeah, I think also what people forget sometimes is you have to factor in if it comes in at 550. Um, I'm not a person who buys a second controller right away, but if you do, you got to factor in your 550 plus another 60 or 70 for the controller and then another 60 for a game at least. So you're well over 600 close to 700, which is, you know, that's a big investment. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, what I'm definitely looking forward to is the fact that the both of the consoles seem to be working more toward a more backwards compatible friendly version where I'm pretty sure the PS4 controllers, as long as you have that back attachment, will probably Mm -hmm. have the will probably your controller will be able to work with it. So there's your second controller there. I'm I'm more interested to see whether or not like third party pro controllers work. I do have the Astro for mm-hmm. my playstation i love that controller it's you know i have pro controllers for both of the consoles and we already know the series 2 of course is going to work with the new xbox right I'm interested to see if sony decides to say anything about okay third party third party controllers you're going to be fine or whether or not they're sony's finally going to come out with their own version of their own pro controller but yeah, you would think that they would want to do that, seeing the success that Microsoft had with their Pro Controller and the success that Astro's having with their their version for the PlayStation. So I'm surprised they haven't already. Yeah, it's it's definitely... I guess Sony's going to think of it as like, you know, let the third parties make it, let them make the money we make, you know. 
we make the games we don't need to put our money into making a controller i guess because a lot of people do like the playstation controller but i know it's not right for everybody i know not everyone loves it yeah and on a side note going back to uh, ghost coming out possibly for ps5 we're getting real close to the the launch date and they still haven't moved it which i'm surprised because it's supposed to come out in june right it is supposed to come out in june i think it's early june yeah Um, you mentioned that, and I'm also surprised the fact that like there's no advertising for this game at the moment. <laughs> no, you're, you're not seeing ads on YouTube. You're not seeing ads really anywhere because usually you would probably see ads for this on during a sports game or something like that. Of course, right now sports aren't going on. Right. We we haven't heard a lot about this game since they announced the release date and showed the latest trailer that that's about it which usually sony first party games get a lot more hype than this you to this day you can't see a ps4 commercial without spider-man yeah yeah they're still using it i was just i don't know kind of i expected it i think we both kind of expected it to get delayed and for it still not to have anything mentioned about it but also like you said with no advertisement it kind of makes you think that they are going to delay it but they just are putting it off for whatever reason. I mean, it's still like a month and a half away, but it's getting close. Yeah, and I want this game to do well. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. as long as when I play it, it's a good game. I want it to do well, but the we're definitely not seeing the money that was backing it when the last game that these guys, the, the developer Sucker Punch worked on, was Infamous Second Son, which was the launch game for the PS4. Right. So I'm... I'm hoping Sony gives them the gives them the money and gives them the time to make the game great and hopefully it looks fantastic too. But there definitely isn't the the word of mouth that's going on that's been what really makes Sony games pop. Yeah, so I guess we just wait and see. Um, I have another small tidbit here that uh, Call of Duty Activision is cracking down more on uh, cheaters in the game since it's become such a big problem. Specifically, they're sending messages. If you report someone and they end up getting banned, uh, they actually send you a message when you log on to play that lets you know that, hey, somebody that you reported has been banned, which is kind of cool. But again, just talking with other people, it's a good it's a good thing to put out there so you know they're doing something. But this game is also free to play. So if you ban somebody's Activision account, they can just make another one and download it again um, and just go right back to it. So I don't know what the solution is if you ban by IP. I don't know if they can do that, but it's a good first step at least. I haven't noticed as much cheating recently, so maybe it's helping. Yeah, with when it comes to cheating in Call of Duty, it was only a matter of time before Warzone definitely got hit. I'm I'm still a big believer that if you want, let the consoles play with each other if the person wants that. You know, keyboard and mouse already gives a lot of people more an advantage over controller players on console so i'm a big believer that activision should just go okay if you want to turn off the feature you know we'll let all the console people play with each other and all of the pc people play with each other if you decide to flip on that switch right yeah at least give us the option because sony has the option on the playstation you can do just to play with just sony players but for whatever reason on the xbox they don't give you that option Yeah, and it probably has something to do with the fact that, you know, Xbox Game Pass, you know, playing on your computer and everything like that. I I think it's got something to do with that. 
Yeah, and maybe there's not enough of a install base on the Microsoft side for them to warrant it because obviously, I mean, there's more PlayStations out there than there are Xboxes. Yeah, so that sure. could be part of it too. Yeah, uh, cheating sucks. Cheating shouldn't happen. <laughs> it does. Che- cheating shouldn't happen anyway. But I have heard that Activision is also putting cheaters in cheating lobbies. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're getting reported and you get confirmed as a cheater, it's not just that they'll ban you; it's that you're going to go into a, a, a lobbies with other people who are using aimbots and that kind of thing, which I guess is like getting sent to your own kind of purgatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who's aimbots better, but they're all the same. That's true. <laughs> uh, on my list is the next thing, which kind of surprised me when I was looking at the news for this week, mm-hmm. but there is a crash bandicoot mobile game. <laughs> I did see this <laughs> by the, by the creators of candy crush that is only right now available in Malaysia. Now the game is just an endless runner uh so it's like temple run i guess is what yeah it looks like it reminds me of subway surfers yeah so i it's interesting that you want to release a crash bandicoot game but i I don't i don't know why the market right now is only in malaysia like people in the united states love crash bandicoot they've got something for something for that kind of classic but it's it's just strange to me that it's really only available in malaysia and Hopefully it comes to the U.S. soon. Yeah, and they've been teasing. Naughty Dog's been teasing like a new Crash Bandicoot for a while, like past couple months, and I guess trying to get interest on if people would actually want that. Because I think the you know the remastered sold fairly well, but this isn't what we wanted when they were teasing us. We wanted an actual <laughs> game, not yeah. not a an endless runner on a mobile phone. <laughs> Yeah, but at at this point, any company wants any cash grab they can get. I yeah. I definitely see. Uh, I have I have one friend who would die for Crash Bandicoot at this moment. Yeah, and he's like top five percent in Crash Bandicoot team racing. He's like there there is that fan base that is the extreme sort of fandom that only Nintendo games tend to get for mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot. So if if Sony's smart, they're gonna. They're going to announce something soon. Maybe, who knows, hopefully it's a starting game for the or a release date game for the PS5. Yeah, I was just thinking how crazy would it be to have a Crash Bandicoot as a launch title for a new console? (laughs) That would be so wild. Seeing as, like, I remember when the first PlayStation came out, that was, like, one of the main selling points is Crash Bandicoot. It would just be, like, a coming full circle moment there. Yeah, and, and hopefully whether or not it's, hopefully it's new some of the old but some of the same stuff i know when the remasters came out everybody was like wow gaming got so easy that the fresh crash bandicoot remaster was the dark souls uh, Mm -hmm. all over again so it was a a good six months there where i felt like i was back in my childhood because you had the spyro one the crash bandicoot and then also medieval and now we have final fantasy so it's been a good good time if you're somebody i guess in my age range, you played all that stuff growing up. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like none of the game, like I do remember playing Spyro, but my stupid child brain was not good enough to put, to be, <laughs> to be good at Spyro. I, I, the main game from my childhood, I remember was Ocarina of time as most yeah. people my age remember. Where's that at? We need a remaster of that. That, that would be interesting if they ever, if Nintendo ever did anything like that. I, but I think Nintendo knows they made enough money off of Ocarina of Time when they re-released it onto, uh, 
onto the 3DS when they did the mm-hmm. 3DS remake. But I'm still waiting for a virtual console on the Switch. Something like that will eventually happen. And yeah, that'd be a that'd be a money making machine for them if they did that. Yeah, I can see them offering it separately just because uh, they right now they offer the NES and SNES, you know, greatest hits kind of compilation for free with Mm -hmm. the online. But if you were to do like a Nintendo 64 version of that, that's not going to be free. You're going to you're definitely have to pay for that. Nintendo's smarter than. Oh, yeah. And I totally would. I'd pay for it. And so would I. And (laughs) and talking about switches, Mm -hmm. if. If our listeners are wondering why you can't find a Switch right now, it's reportedly because of the, it's being bought up by computer bots. And what I mean by that is people can create scripts in order for when something comes online for their computer to just start buying it up, which is kind of like an automated procedure, which is why it's called a bot. But Switches right now, of course, they are starting to get better. I am seeing more and more in the wild now than before but people were just using these bots to buy all the switches and then try to mark them up at a hundred dollar markup which i i hate those people those those people are some of the some of the scum of the earth i believe but yep and and just because of the times that we're in now you're starting to see it a lot especially in the gaming area the switch thing was huge you're seeing people trying to resell physical copies of final fantasy 7 for you know 100 markup so it's not anything new since things have been harder to come by but it is nice that nintendo's starting to push out more consoles yeah and it'll it'll help them meet their their projections too because there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people who would have bought switches had they with the stimulus checks that came out and had they been in stock and i uh nintendo probably realizes that they probably could have crushed their console goal had they uh had they been more prepared i guess for a pandemic in animal crossing (laughs) yeah that's true but hopefully, hopefully it just becomes a thing of the past and we start seeing them in stock regularly and then everybody who's trying to resell them just gets stuck with them. Yeah. Because that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, and then they start selling them at a discount. Yep. Yep. But we see what happens, but that's that's all out of my news category. How about yourself? Okay. Uh, the only other thing I have real quick is uh, Red Dead 2 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on May 7th. So that's, you know, that's cool. That's another 40-hour game to spend your life on if we're still stuck inside yeah, in May. <laughs> and another 100 gigabyte download. Yeah, uh, I think it's over 100. Oh, it with the online, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of I'm, I'm thinking it thinking about it to myself now because I didn't know that that was coming to Game Pass. So I'm kind of wondering whether or not, you know, do I make room in my console for this game <laughs> or do I just I, pr- I probably will skip it. I, I, I didn't play the first one religiously. It's a good game. I just I never I bought it when it came out. I just never got through it because same thing with the first Red Dead. I really liked it, but I just kind of fell off of it about halfway through. I think this one I probably played five hours and then never touched it again. So I probably should play through it. I just, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And then, so that's it for our news. And then our games, we, we at least have more to talk about than what we would have recorded last week. If If we went in last week, I would have put in my notes here. Persona 5 <laughs> Royal for 80 plus hours. It, yep. You know, I, I definitely didn't play 80 plus hours. I probably got actually pretty darn close in an entire... In a, in a week? Uh, if, or two it, weeks. It, 
if in two weeks for sure, but if I'm if I'm thinking right now, it would be something where I came home from work, mm-hmm. and then I would just play until I went to sleep. That means you worked full time and also put in full time hours in this game. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> this, this game is a full time job. It's a full time life simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and yeah, it, it's it's definitely close. Definitely forty hours for sure in a, in a week. I definitely would have hit that. That's crazy. <laughs> and your final impressions haven't changed. Nope, my final impressions haven't changed. If okay. if you're looking to play Persona, this is the this is the best version of Persona to play. And I'll leave it okay. at that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna go on a thirty <laughs> this, this is your chance to go off on a tangent here. Uh, no, I'm not gonna do it because I know this game isn't for everybody. It's the same thing with Fire Emblem. Not everybody mm-hmm. likes the turn based combat and not a lot of people think it's as engaging as I think it is. But the people who who play this game, I guess I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here. It's only for it. a minute. But this this game, the the turn based strategy part I wasn't a big fan of it before I tried it, before I got into the the turn-based strategy, the finding of weaknesses, the satisfaction of hitting a weakness, then passing the move off to my teammate where he gets another, where he hits another weakness or something like that. It's, it's a very rewarding system once you figure it out, and the game itself outside of its combat is very good. There we go. Let's see. That's all I'm going to do. Because I'm gonna, I'll make this podcast four hours long. Yeah. Nobody needs to listen to me ramble for Persona Persona Five Royal <laughs> for four hours. So That's instead, fair. I'll just go in and say I've been putting in time with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm All ten right. hours in now. I just met the the precious Aerith mm-hmm. because I didn't. This is my first time playing Final Fantasy VII, as I've mentioned before. So I don't have the nostalgia factor built in. The combat's still fun. I'm kind of. I'm really surprisingly enjoying the tidbits of teammate interaction that i'm get getting jesse's whole mission was was nice i really liked getting to learn every uh more about the avalanche group because i know in the original you didn't get to spend a lot of time with them right and the the combat of course is still fun reminds me of kingdom hearts so i'm having fun with it it, it it'll just be it'll just be a matter of the ending is paramount and that's what i'm worried about for this game for sure the ending because we know this is a multiple part game with a yep. game that used to be only you know one whole value but we're on seven discs how many discs was it on four four discs all right sorry mm-hmm. I, I exaggerated there <laughs> but yeah once i get to the ending i will definitely have uh a point to have with this game and hopefully next hopefully by next week i have this game done i think i can do it yeah and i think um i'm not done with it yet i'm real real close and then we can do our whole separate spoiler podcast about it um i did read earlier today that they already started working on the next one so hopefully we're not waiting too long in between but i haven't i haven't really seen anything that i hated at all in this game i'm at the point now where i know that what their ending is and that's right where i'm at but they throw like i want to say it's either six or maybe more than six side quests at you and they're like hey you know once you go to this certain area you're not going to be able to do any of these side quests until the game is over so you may want to do these or not um so of course me being me and having done all the side quests so far I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to do all these, but 
I think in in the past, like the side quests are always in the same area. These side quests are like you're, you'll pick one up in sector seven, and then you got to go finish it in sector five. So you're going back and forth a lot, just kind of going all over the map. And it's a little tedious, not enough to make me hate it, but enough to make me think about maybe skipping it for now, finishing the game and then seeing if I want to go back to it later. Yeah, well, one of the questions, I know you're much further in the game. I'm 10 mm-hmm. hours in and about level, I think, 17 mm-hmm. for all of my characters. What about you? Where? What level are you at? I don't remember. I think I'm close to 30. Oh, okay. All right. Somewhere around there, 20 something. I know the max is 50. There is a trophy for hitting 50. I, I don't see how there's a way that you would hit 50 without going back and playing other stuff, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I th- it, I'm at right at 30 hours, so I, I would imagine I'm probably between six to 10 hours left in the game. And I just don't see myself going from 30 to 50 in that amount of time. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they cap it at 50 because then, mm-hmm. you know, my as we've talked about, another worry about this game that I had is what happens for the sequel Right. You're going to start back at level, you know, one and have to relearn all of the magic moves that you've, you know, now developed through materia and everything like that. But if the if it's only level 50, I think I think that's probably a good a good idea for them. You can probably start the next game without having to relearn all of the fire spells or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't know exactly how they're thinking about doing it. I don't know if they're if it's just going to be two games or if it's going to be three games, I don't know if they really said, but if it was two games, you could technically do, all right, well then game number two, you're going to start at 50 and go to a hundred if they really wanted to. I mean, 99 was the cap in the original. Yeah. So uh, they could do that or they could just start over. I don't really want to start over. I'd like to be able to carry over everything that I've leveled up and, you know, the weapons that I want to use. And I would, I would assume that they're going to at least allow you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And they should, they shouldn't, I'm hoping they just don't take like a consensus. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, here's the top 10 material that everybody got, you know, you're going to start out with Kiraga, but everybody plays this game in a different way. Some Mm -hmm. people really like the tanky cloud and some people use cloud as a magic caster for whatever reason. So, and you would be wrong if you did that. Yeah, luckily I don't. Luckily I'm one of the few that don't do that. But right, yeah. So I don't know. You know, the ending is going to be super important. I don't want it to pull what Doom did to me and make me not like the game when I get to the end. And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, even if they leave it on a big cliffhanger, which I'm assuming they probably will, for me it's not going to be a huge deal because I know where the rest of the story goes. But I guess if for somebody like you, if you haven't played. It may be a little bit of a bummer, but they're going to do some sort of cliffhanger. You know they will. Well, yeah, cliffhanger, cliff, cliffhangers and Square Enix games are kind of like, you know, two <laughs> peas in the same pod. I waited seven plus years for Kingdom Hearts 3. I can wait yep. however long and leave on a cliffhanger with that as well, mm-hmm. if need be. Um, next- I, just, I don't want to see this go more than two years before the next one comes out. I think two years is a good, healthy. Yeah a good healthy stop between the two. And and even then, I even think sometimes two years is a bit too long yeah. because you've now lost all the momentum that you ha- you've gained with Final Fantasy VII. You can't buy it really on store shelves right now. It's, right. 
The game is very limited quantities, as they said it was going to be due to COVID. So it if they wait a whole if they wait two years, I feel like a lot of the the hype for it's going to pass around like pass up. You they people won't be as hyped for it as they would be, let's say if it were to come out next holiday season. Yeah, as long as they don't rush it, take their time. But what else have you been playing? So I'll I'll go and just say you know of course we're still playing Warzone. Uh, Warzone mm-hmm. is very frustrating at the moment. It's very uh, I I just want them to have a duos mode where it's something where you know two people can play. I always find myself in a two v three situation whether it's with you or my mm-hmm. other buddies that I play with, and we're just everybody's getting good because everybody has more time than than I do playing yep. this game right now. So it it just it just sucks that uh, i am having fun with warzone but i'm i'm getting to the point where it's it's lost its luster and i'm not you know i'm not doing well yeah i think for me i reach my limit you know where like i'll play for a day or two at night and be like man i think i'm done for a while and then i'll win a game and that's usually all it takes if i win one or two and then I'll be like, all right, I'm back in for another couple of days, which has prevented me from finishing Final Fantasy. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were talking the other day. We definitely they need to be working on a new map or something just to kind of switch it up a little bit. Even just changing the map the way it looks would be enough. Um, something that like Fortnite does. They had I did see that they were talking about the people in charge. I don't remember who it was, but one of the people in charge for Activision did say that they wanted this to be like a Fortnite where they have these big events that change the map. Like Fortnite's gotten so good at doing that's what they're you, aiming for. You mean to tell me I'm going to be able to watch a Travis Scott concert while yes. in Warzone? <laughs> yes. Now, I don't know if they're going that far, but they said that they had stuff planned um, along the lines of huge events like Fortnite's been doing, which is what they need to do if they want to keep everybody interested because there's other games coming out already that are going to take a lot of people away from call of duty. Yeah, we've definitely hit the lull in the gaming really season right now to where mm-hmm. really the next game I can only really think about that's coming out is we do have like for Nintendo, it's Xenoblade Definitive Edition. But then like for PlayStation and Xbox, really the, the first game that comes to mind is Ghost of Tsushima. Right. I really don't think Xbox has anything coming da- coming down the pipeline until we start hitting September and it's the holiday season. Yeah. Yeah, there's I was just kind of looking through right now and there's not a whole lot. I mean, you had the Predator Hunting Grounds that came out this Friday, but that's kind of a I haven't heard anything about it. You had uh, the Trials of Mana remake for PS4 and Switch, um, but that's pretty much it. The only other things I'm seeing is, you know, Ghost is coming out. You have the Wonderful 101 remake, the remaster coming out. But that's yeah. it until August, September. They still have the Avengers set for september i think right yeah yeah because i know it was i knew it was originally scheduled for may and then it got delayed mm-hmm. so yeah yeah we've so we the need something Ninten- yeah, yeah nintendo, we definitely hit the wall yeah nintendo definitely has uh their game still coming out i definitely think they take advantage of the lull better than anybody considering animal crossing selling like hotcakes and probably even better than hotcakes yep so yep. Nintendo will do what it's supposed to. It was sticking with Nintendo. They just dropped the big old Mario Maker update this week, which has been pretty cool. Um, it's hard to judge 
I guess how many people are still playing Mario Maker because I still really enjoy it and I still play it a lot. And I watch a lot of people, a lot of streamers who play it. But this seems to be, I mean, this is a this is all the stuff that people wanted out of a next Mario Maker. They kind of just dropped in here. So they added, uh, you know, assets from Super Mario 2. So you have all those assets in there, which is cool. That completely changes the game. Um, they added a whole bunch of new suits. There's a squirrel suit. Um, there's a bullet bill. There's a pal suit. I'm missing a couple. But I think the biggest thing that I thought was cool is the ability to have a world creation now. So you can kind of make take all your levels that you've made and just make a whole world, um, create the world. It looks like you know the world design from Super Mario for the Super Nintendo. And you can just line up all your your levels and make your own little, you know, world one one. I think you can do eight separate worlds together. So if you really wanted to make your completely own Mario game, you have that ability now, which is kind of cool. And for them to do this kind of stuff and just make it free updates, you know, not not paid DLC is is very, very nice. Yeah, it, uh, I've I saw a couple I saw a little bit of gameplay of the new update and it definitely looks like it added to it. I just know a lot of people's complaints were this, you know, this should have been added or at the launch of the game. Mm-hmm. If these features were at the launch of the game, it would have sold better and kept its steam. Right. Uh, the I definitely don't see as much with Super Mario Maker as I used to. Yeah. And it's hard for me because because I watch so many people, there's like one or two specific people I watch. And since I don't usually catch their streams because it's usually during the day when I'm working now, um, I watch them on YouTube. So for me, it's hard to judge because all my recommended videos on YouTube are Mario Maker. Uh, So it's definitely not as popular as the first one was, I don't think. But it's still a still a very good game. And the amount of stuff you can do in there is just incredible. Yeah, if if you can get into the 2D like platforming sections that Mario is, you know, it's definitely still the best kind of option that you have for it with unlimited content, especially mm-hmm. considering a lot of us are trapped at home. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just uh it it's just that I really wish this game was more popular cuz I do I did like watching the videos of people doing the really complex levels. Mm-hmm. But that's all but halted uh, and hopefully this new update gets new people into the game and kind of revitalizes the, the, the fun that that game used to be. Yeah. It's just been a nice uh, thing for me to do at night before I go to bed, just to either I'm going to play, you know, a couple levels or, Hey, I'm going to work and work on a level and create one. Um, And, you know, the big thing before the Mario maker was a thing was the people were taking the super Mario world and modding it to do these type of levels and now you have the option where anybody can do this and make their own complete games and not have to learn how to mod a you know however old super nintendo game at this point so it's definitely nintendo looking at but like hey all these people are modding our old game why don't we just do it so so that we get all the you know the money from it so it's smart again nintendo being smart so anything else Um, you were playing so then for me, it's the game I really want to like, but I'm having a lot of trouble doing it. I am revisiting Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Mm-hmm. This game was released last year, was uh, around the same time as The Division 2, from what I remember, and they updated a whole bunch of new stuff. They're, 
they took away the loot score where the weapon you get has a score and it helps you and that's how you kind of rate your weapons they took that away for just plain guns and plain attachments which i prefer that type because it was more like wildlands yeah so i i wanted to give this game another try They've also added a buddy uh, buddy pass where if your friend downloads the trial version and you invite them into the game who has the full version, they get to, they can play the whole game with you. You don't have to have them buy. This game was fifteen bucks for for a little bit, but now it's back up to sixty. So yeah, it, this whole uh, game just to me, like I want to like this game, but everything they've done from this the buddy pass to the amount of times as we've seen it on sale is just reeks of desperation at this point (laughs) yeah and it's it kind of mimics the desperation of how badly i want to like this game (laughs) but i was i was playing i was playing yesterday for about two hours Mm -hmm. and it's just i keep getting frustrated with and this is just a pet peeve of mine that i have i hate the type of games who have this mouse cursor type menu thing if if I wanted a mouse cursor type menu where I have to move this cursor over to the menu I want to be in, I would have bought it on PC. Right. It's it's just a very, very big gripe I have with it because it just seems like they're, they did that specifically for the PC players. And I've, I just don't like that menu system. I I'm running into, I'm running into this game where I was working on some side missions. I'm working on a side mission and I'm early in the game. And everybody completely outlevels me. So until I have this, until I can find a long range sniper, I don't have much of a chance close range with a lot of these uh, enemies. This game Mm -hmm. is reminding me more, and I'm not sure if a lot of people are going to remember it. I think it was the Red Dragon series where there was all of this realism to it. The guns have all this super realistic recoil. They're super realistic injuries where if you get shot in the leg or something like that, you know, you can't sprint anymore. So you have to get behind cover and heal yourself in order to start sprinting again. And that's what I'm running into now with the, I'm, I'm getting hit by all of these, by all of the, uh, by all of the enemies. And I'm, you know, I get hit once. Oh no, I can't run anymore. So now I have to find a way to, to heal myself and keep myself from dying there. There's a lot in this game and I'm going to continue to try to get through it. But, uh, right now me revisiting the game on my own, it's not very fun. I'm hoping that later this week when I get to play it with some friends, whether we get to try it with you or get to play it with some of my other buddies who bought the game, Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I really want to find the fun in this game because ghost recon, I, I remember like Tom Clancy's, uh, the well, Tom Clancy games in in general, like splinter cell Mm -hmm. where I had so much fun playing co-op and, you know trying to synchronize stealth shots and stealth kills with your friends and going and doing these very complicated missions there's something satisfying doing that with a friend online and coordinating everything and right now playing by myself i'm not getting that uh sort of satisfaction yeah and they had that with wildlands like it the it was all right there. That was a fun game. The story was whatever in Wildlands, but like the actual gameplay was fun getting with three other people and just 
you know, you could beat the mission however you wanted. You could be stealthy. You could just go in and, you know, use a grenade launcher or blow up a car or whatever. And it just seems like they took all the stuff that everybody liked and everybody was excited about for this new game and just went the complete opposite direction. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, the, the technology in the game is fun. The the drones that you're using, the, the advanced helicopters, the advanced weaponry is all fun. But mm-hmm. the whole point of this game was that, you know, you and your squad are stuck in a, a deserted island and you need to defeat these super futuristic weapons with what you have. But when you don't have that squad and you're just doing it on your own, it's definitely not as fun. Yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely something that I'm missing from Wildlands is even with four random NPCs, you know, they would have a little bit of talking, which breaks the silence of walking or being in a helicopter on my own uh, in in breakpoint and just sitting there trying to get to my destination. Like because I don't have anybody I'm playing with. It's just silence. So, it, yeah. Having even having those AI teammates, and I get sometimes they would ruin a mission whether they'd get caught or do something stupid. But that's uh, I, I really want to like Breakpoint, and hopefully I have a better view of it at the end of next week. Yeah, maybe we can all jump in and see if it's better with a bunch of people. Because when I played it, I played by myself as well, and that it's just not the game to play by yourself at all. Yeah, the and I guess I must be getting used to the aiming in Modern Warfare, but the the recoil on some of these guns is ridiculous, and <laughs> I I just find myself trying to fight the gun more than enjoying the gunplay. But maybe I've been adding attachments to these guns now that I've done a couple side missions and have a bit more money. So hopefully the the gunplay, which is the main part of this game, of course, starts to become more fun. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to give it another shot. I did want to like the game. Yeah. Anything else you're playing? Uh, The only other thing I played was the uh, Bayonetta and Vanquish. I think it's the 10-year anniversary collection. That is right. I think that's the full title. It's a mouthful. Um, Bayonetta, I think everybody knows about at this point. It's a fantastic game. Vanquish was another really good game that I played back on the 360 that I don't think got enough credit back in the day. Um, did you ever play Vanquish or not? I never played Vanquished, but uh, that game was highly viewable on YouTube. I, I've, I feel <laughs> yeah. like I've played it because of how many people like last year went and played that game just because of the mm-hmm. ridiculous sliding, the ridiculous enemies that you faced in that game. Yep. So I, I feel very, like I've played it. It's very fast. I mean, you know, you're in like a suit, so you can slide on your knees really fast fast across the floor you can jump high you can you know it it's a third person cover base shooter so it's kind of like a gears of war uh, or you know a ghost recon or something like that um i mean these games that you know this company does nothing but make ridiculous stories for their games that don't really make any sense so you never really pay any attention to them um so i mean i have both of these games i had them both on 360 i have bayonetta on the switch um so like I've played these games a million times. I think what maybe it's my fault that I got caught off guard, but I was assuming that these were going to be remasters and they aren't. So, I mean, they look better than they did on the 360, but I think they just kind of took like the, like a PC version kind of, um, they don't look great, but the games still play well. Um, 
there's no issue there. It's if it's if they're games you haven't played before, I think you can get this collection for pretty cheap, so it would be worth it. But if it's a game, if you've already played these games before, there's really no need to pick it up. Um, they didn't change anything. Now, this this collection, is it available on the Switch or on the PC? Like, how, how do you get a hold of it? Um, I played it on the Xbox. I think it came out on PS4. I don't oh, know okay. about PC. Okay. I'll have to check. Um, I would assume it's probably on all the systems. I don't think it came out on Switch, though. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I remember seeing and hearing about the collection that they were bringing out. But mm-hmm. we also, the game I feel like is only available digitally is this collection. Like I haven't seen any hard copies of the game, which I know they did release a hard copy mm-hmm. of it. But I, I was confused about what systems it was even on. Yeah, it looks like it's just Xbox and PS4. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't see anything as far as Steam goes or PC. Um, but again, I think they're already on PC, so... This is yeah. just, I mean, it's, it's a good way to get both for, it's probably like 30 bucks or something like that, you know? So if you haven't played it, definitely play it. Cause you know, they're important games back in the day. Uh, but if you've already played it, you can just go ahead and pass. It doesn't look any better. They didn't change anything. They didn't even add anything. It's just the same games. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to, I know I mentioned devil may cry five as one of the top tens on my list of 2019. Mm-hmm. Bayonetta is a lot like that. Bayonetta is a lot of fun uh quirky combat and i think people who like devil may cry 5 will also like bayonetta bayonetta and bayonetta 2 which that is only available on the switch right and we're still waiting on bayonetta 3 at some point yeah so hopefully that comes out soon yeah and from there that's that you're done with your games right yeah that's all i played yep all right then we're on to the movies we watched, which I really only have two sections here for me. Okay. Uh, one, I did watch Onward this morning. Okay. Uh, on Saturday. It's, you know, Saturday morning. I I try to sit down and watch a movie when I wake up early enough. Mm-hmm. And I know you really liked Onward. I really yeah. liked Onward, too, for everything. Uh, for me, that is, if I had to, I, I would have loved to hear the the pitch for this meeting. They just went, <laughs> yeah. let's make a Dungeons and Dragons universe movie in yeah. Dungeons and Dragons universe, but they aren't aware yep. that it's Dungeons and Dragons. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it's just a very well done movie. Again, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing where they're so good at making movies that kids enjoy, but also there's so much stuff in there that the adults aren't going to be bored. So it's definitely good. It's good for all ages. Yeah, I definitely feel like this this movie does well with adults because a lot of kid I know a lot of younger kids now don't play a lot of D&D. I know it's a lot of uh, D&D is more amongst the older young adult crowd that a lot of people play, which mm-hmm. this movie has a lot of those throwbacks, so a lot of people would really like that. And then on top of it, you know, you hear it's a Pixar/Disney movie, any kid under the age of 10 wants to wants to see that and a lot of parents uh, want to take their kids to see those movies too so it's it's a good movie i thought i thought all the voice acting was really good i know tom holland and chris pratt both of them played their characters really well yep and uh you know that that phenomenal voice acting by their dad yes yes the, <laughs> the phenomenal voice acting by their dad you're absolutely right <laughs> yep stole the show with that <laughs> what else did you watch 
Uh, so pretty much the the only other tab I have here, and I'm I know I went on a thing about it last week, but if mm-hmm. if you aren't watching Star Wars: The Clone Wars, <laughs> these past two episodes of the final season, which I will say as well, they've mentioned that if people really like this, they will make more. So there's okay. a chance that this isn't the final season. But if if you look online, and it's coming from me as well, this is the best star wars has been in years these past two episodes have been fantastic it's it's i feel like it's movie quality all within the 25 minute runtime that these episodes get and we know the mandalorian's coming out soon uh the mandalorian season two because i know they released a teaser image for chapter two mm-hmm. but the the, this Clone Wars, like the final season, is now starting to edge into some of the plot stuff in season three, or sorry, okay. uh, sorry, movie three, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. So I've, I'll say it again. Like after watching Friday's episode uh, after work, I was just floored with how, <laughs> with how much better this entire thing feels than the than the recent trilogy that came out, and that I gave the recent trilogy ten hours of my life to Mm -hmm. watch because most of them are two two and a half hours to three hours the the new season while you got to put in a lot of time to get invested in the characters these past two episodes have been have been utterly fantastic that's good hopefully people are watching it so they keep making it i i have friends who listen of course listen to the podcast and Mm -hmm. you know i i texted in my group chat hey like this is the best Star Wars has been. If you're a Star Wars fan, you have to watch this. And my friend just goes, you know, he took my he took my advice, but he's so far behind that right. it. I hate that I can't talk to anybody about it because <laughs> this uh, because this season is so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a it can be daunting if you're looking at it and be like, man, this final season looks good, and then you look back at all the other episodes you'd have to watch to get up to it. It's it's a lot. But that's why. You listen to last week's podcast and just yes. li- and watch the episodes uh, I suggested. That's of true. course, there were a lot of episodes, but you can get through that in a day. You're in quarantine. What else better do you have to do? That's true. Just just park it in front of the TV and knock them all out. Yeah, like just just make your favorite <laughs> snack. Uh, like you know, for me, I've, I'm sitting there watching it, eating French onion dip and buffalo chicken dip. And I don't have sports, so, you know, I might as well get hyped for something. It's true. You got to figure out something to entertain yourself. So why not Star Wars? Exactly. So those are the (laughs) those are the two pieces of media I consumed. I did watch most of the uh, the Tiger King interview that Joel McHale Mm -hmm. did it. That that was pretty funny. I did enjoy that. They let Joel McHale do that because I find his comedy funny uh, in general, but it's. The interview is a lot of what just is present day, so it's a lot of talking to all of those people and figuring out what they're up to today. So there's, I don't believe we have to give much of an update on that series. We yeah. said it, uh, we said it in uh, the last podcast. Uh, it's it's taken the world by storm for a reason, and it's because it's some of the craziest stuff we've seen on TV. Yeah, it's a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I really only watched. I watched one movie this week. Um, but also, before I get to that, just real quick, I just saw this morning that the AMC movie theaters just announced that they are waiting to open until some of the bigger movies come out. Uh, they specifically mentioned Mulan and uh, Christopher Nolan's 
film that he's got coming out that I'm forgetting the name of. Um, but I don't know what their original plan was or when they're thinking theaters are going to open. Cause I was assuming it wasn't going to be for a while either, but it was just kind of a quick thing. They're like, Hey, we're not going to open anytime soon. Cause there's no point. There's no movies out. And everybody's so, already delayed their movies. So right. I, I right. didn't actually think about that. Uh, mm-hmm. and you mentioning it, it kind of just buzzed elect- uh, electric circuit in my brain mm-hmm. where all of the summer blockbusters are now gone and have been moved to winter. So a lot of these movie theaters would be open, not broadcasting yeah. any of the hit movies. So they, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yep. And that's what I was kind of thinking too. I mean, summertime is always, I look forward to summertime movies and going once a week and that kind of stuff. And obviously that's not going to happen this year. Um, and I guess I was just kind of assuming that they weren't going to be open anyway until fall. But I mean, maybe some theaters i think around us i don't think we really have amc i mean there are some like 45 minutes away yeah but maybe the ones around here open but again if you open in june i don't know what you're playing because i don't think there's anything listed to come out in june anyway so it's probably gonna be more like an august end of july august type deal yeah and hopefully the employees that are all infected by this you know hopefully they're getting taken care of whether it's with Mm -hmm. the unemployment stuff and not just because I do feel bad that even when things go back to whatever kind of normal we have after this, those movie theaters are still going to be closed down because there's nothing for them to put up. Right. And I, I, it'd be kind of hard to see to guess, even when these movies start coming out and movie theaters open again and say August, I don't, I I don't know if it'll still be busy or if people still going to be a little nervous to go sit in a movie theater around people. I would think hopefully not, but you could see less people going to the movie theater now. Yeah. And I've, I do want at some point after all this is over to be released to see how these movies did with their direct to home uh, yeah. releases. Cause I know they, they recently announced Scoob. Uh, that movie is going direct to direct to home release. Yep. I know trolls world tour did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I hope at some point the numbers get released on how, how these movies are doing and whether or not they're even, I I have to think personally that they're not even making close to the money they would have made with, with a theatrical release, but probably not. Um, I would, I mean, trolls, I think they, it was nine 99 to, or was it? No, it's yeah. It was nine or 20. I don't know. I think it was 20, $20 to rent for 48 hours. So that's more than a ticket normally is, but also that's an entire household. So they probably didn't make as much, but I, I, that was a movie they didn't really want to sit on. Uh, Disney moved Artemis Fowl. It's, it's just going to come out on Disney Plus now instead of coming out in theaters. And I think that was more along the lines of everybody who had read the book, um, books, there's multiple, was excited for that movie. And then when the trailer came out, everybody kind of hated it because it's not what they wanted. So I think it was more along the lines of Disney being like, and eh, this isn't going to do well anyway. Let's just put it on Disney plus and get it out of the way. And then we have room for Mulan and all the Avengers nonsense. They got coming out. Yeah, for sure. Um, So the movie I did watch was underwater and it's a movie that I've been looking at for a while and putting off watching because I wasn't that interested. Not a huge fan of Kristen Stewart. She was okay. in Charlie's angels. I think we talked about that before, Mm -hmm. but it was one I just been kind of put off because I, it was just like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. It doesn't look that great. 
but I did watch it and I'm going to say that it was one of my, uh, one of, one of the better movies I've seen this year, which was surprising. Um, if you're a fan of alien or aliens, that series of movies, which I am, it has a very distinct similarity to it. Um, basically, I mean, the movie just really throws you into it. You're just, you know, there's a big, they're drilling in Mariana's trench deep underwater and they have this big station set up down there where everybody lives. And, you know, it just kind of part of the station explodes at the beginning and you just kind of go from there. There's things in the water um, that are chasing them, kind of like Alien. Um, it just gives you that vibe, even down to Kristen Stewart having very, very short hair, just like Ripley did in the Alien series. So for me, loving Alien, it was a it was a fantastic movie. I really, really liked it. Don't want to give too much away because it kind of ruined the movie, you know, kind of laid out step by step. Just that there's a group of like five or six people who are working on trying to find a way to get to the surface, which involves them, you know, putting on suits and walking out into the water on the, you know, the subfloor of Mariana's Trench. Um, It's very intense movie. I wouldn't really call it a horror movie. It's more of like a sci-fi suspense, I guess, thriller type deal. Yeah. But if you like if you like Alien, um, definitely give it a watch. It was fantastic. Yeah, I remember seeing the uh, the hardcover for the movie and uh, just you know, oh, it's Kristen Stewart. I didn't realize that this movie hadn't even <laughs> come out or anything like that. Yeah, the the cover and the promotional material they put out really doesn't do it any favors, which is why I had been putting off watching it because I was like, eh, it doesn't look that good. But it was surprising. I don't. I think. It's sitting at like a 60, 65 on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's kind of hit or miss, but I thought it was great. So definitely for me, it's a buy if you're into Alien and that type of sci-fi. But then if you're not into that, it's probably a pass. Yeah, you'd probably pass on it because you're not going to really find anything there that you like. Yeah, that's all I watched. Yeah, so it's a at least we had enough to talk about for an hour this week. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If you liked it, make sure to give us a follow on Spotify. We're now on Apple Podcasts. Yep. We're on Anchor now. So mm-hmm. we're, we're slowly growing here. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're, we're on it all. And what's the email that uh, they can reach us at? Uh, high Sensitivity Podcast at gmail.com. With any sort of questions, uh, we hope to maybe try to do some some nice stuff in the future for everybody who's listening to us and yep. you know if you're if you're part of that crew you know be prepared hopefully we can hopefully we can give something back to you guys who've supported us uh in our early careers as podcasters absolutely but uh with with that i say hopefully everybody's staying safe here and we will see you guys on the next podcast later on